Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the uh, age-old debate of paying your house off early or putting that money somewhere else. Before we do that, though, let's talk about propertyaccess.io, guys, the new standard for access scrubbing. Um, the days of pulling the list and mailing everyone only to waste time on bad properties is over because with our help, you can spend more time working on deals you know you want to purchase. So we're going to take your data, we're going to break it down, we're going to put it into four boxes of access. Uh, so you can decide to risk, the tolerance, who you mail to, and what you're willing to offer. So go check it out. Uh, that It's uh, propertyaccess.io. Happy Friday, sir. Yeah, I'm Friday may sound a little different because we're doing it virtual today because you are getting to explore the, uh, I guess, the benefits of being your own boss today. You got, That's true. Yeah, it's field day. Tomorrow and field day oh, yeah. Today. Yeah, well, it's actually Tuesday that we're recording, right? My birthday's tomorrow, Wednesday. I'm going to take the day. But today is uh, field day at the youngest school. So I'm going to take the last, I guess, half of the day and go out there and watch them tug of war. And some yeah, man. That's exciting. potato That's exciting. sack races. Well, oh, the potato sack races? Are they really yeah. having those? I don't know. I just think back to what we did when we were in uh, winter school. That's awesome, man. Well, you know, we're talking the age-old debate. You said something last week. You said, you know, do I just hurry up and pay this house off and I own it and it's mine? And I got my house, my, my monthly bill in over the weekend and I was thinking about it as I was looking at it and I was like, well, what is the right thing? And does that change year to year? So as we go through this today, I kind of, I don't know the right answer to this, I, I, but I want to have the conversation because I think a lot of people, as they start to get into these situations of paying off debt and looking at their finances as a whole, is it better to pay off low interest mortgages at 3.3% to make less money on it or, or what? Dude, this is one of those things that, I mean, I know that we've talked about it many times. And it's just one of those questions that, I don't know if there's a right answer, but it's one that drives me nuts because I don't okay. go back and forth all the time because um, I don't know, how, don't know how much sense it actually makes. Okay. So you you brought up a good point because I was like, well, I just want to pay it off. But then when you think of the taxes that we pay in Texas, like, it doesn't really matter because your house paying, even if you have a house that's paid off, you're still paying a thousand dollars a month in taxes. Yeah. That's, that's always been my pet peeve is like, okay, what am I really saving a month by paying it off? And then can I use that same instance, that same money and put it somewhere else that's making decent money? And I, we, we are blessed in the land industry to be able to make really good returns on our money. And so right now we've been buying a bunch of mortgages. And so if I have two, my, my house, I, I owe 220 grand on my house. I could go pay that off or do I buy 200 and twenty thousand dollars in mortgages or land notes or contracts and then have that pay me at a 18 20 30 percent yield depending on how i acquired the note and i arbitrage a difference so i i'm stuck with like three per three three at right now in today's market the 3.3 percent interest rate i have on my mortgage is so cheap that i don't want to 
give it away and 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 use that money to, to take that big of a break from it. So I I I know we've gone back and forth, but I'm like, okay, well, would it be better to pay off my truck payment at six percent interest, or would it be better to pay off some other payment elsewhere if there is one? You know, what, what does that look like? And I I know we've gone back and forth on it, and I wonder if the ego portion of saying my house is paid off, what that value has for you as a comfort level. Yeah, uh, my interest is a little bit higher. Mine 4.7, but still that's okay. not outrageous. Then um, you make more money. Let's say I pay my house off, right? Can I take that money that it would take and make more than 4.7% with it? And I would hope after all this time, everything we've done, that I could close my eyes and spin in 100 circles and point in one direction and beat that, right? I mean, yeah. 4.7 should not be hard to beat. But then there comes in that whole part, like, well, what happens uh, in the future that we can't predict? Like something goes crazy and I'm not making any cash flow or I don't have any money. And now if the house is paid off, you don't have anything to worry about except making that tax bill. And I guess you could always take the loan to pay that and pay the loan off or something, you know? Yeah. Make it an annual payment instead of paying it monthly yourself. Yeah. If you needed to do that. So I guess that, that gives you a lever to pull. I... And then you hit. So the other debated question on this is: Well, if you pay it off, do you just go get a, a, a like a, a line of credit against your equity in your house, or you know do a, a cash out refi, pull that money back as you need it, so you don't set that money on the sidelines? But your house is paid off. But then, to me, you're you know unless you're pulling it a, a, a greater amount out, then does it really matter? And so I I, I don't know. I, I get stuck to to that question as well. I was like, oh well, I can just take a line of credit and I can use that as I need it, and I'm only paying interest while I have it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And for what I, what I had said when I wanted to pay off, I was like, okay, I'm going to take an extra $100,000 a year for the next five years uh-huh. and, and pay it off. Right. And then as soon as I said that to you, 30 minutes later, I'm like, man, what could I do with that extra 100 grand a year? And so uh, I don't know if I'm just going to keep going round and round here on this conversation, but like, it's just one of those things that I think it's really important to talk about. And I think a lot of the financial people, like certainly like Grant Cardone and whatnot, they would say you're freaking crazy for even contemplating paying the house off. Yeah. But I, then you, the other end of the spectrum, like Dave Ramsey, they, they call you a fool if you try and do any kind of investing without paying your house off. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I follow it. So we're told from all these different directions, we're stupid either way we do it. And that there's their, their, their way is the right way. I, I would say though, for me, it, if we're going to, so just logically thinking about mathematically how we accrue more money at the end of the month, if we step back at a, at a micro level and we say, okay, I've got, in my situation, I've got $200,000 to pay the house off. Do I go pay the house off or do I put it in a syndication or do I put it into a, a syndication, like apartment syndication or a carbon credit or a carbon capture type thing? Or do I put it into notes or mortgages? And what does that bring back monthly? And can I just pay the house payment with that and just keep that little bit difference? Does that make the car payment now? Does that make the lease payment for my wife? Does that make the the daycare payment for Kaysen going to the Mother's Day out? You know what what does that do? And I think that so we we all get so micro focused on this one thing or this one bill, we don't take a step back and see how the cash flow actually in and out of the business. And I think that's one of the good things about like the infinite banker guys. They tell they they show you how to use an extra step by putting this in here and getting the dividend here. And then getting that cash if you need it, they just show you that one little step to do it. And so 
I'm not saying that's the, the end all be all, but it does open up our mind to say, okay, hey, let's take a step back, look at how the cash flows into your business, look at business in your household, and then how it comes out and how can you make more money inside of that with what you actually have already. And so that's where mm -hmm. I, I go back to every time is like, is this the right thing? And so, and I even do that with cars. Like I'm like, okay, I'm on a Porsche kick right now. So I'm looking at Porsches every day. Well, do I go buy a Porsche for a hundred grand or do I go buy an apartment syndicate, put in a hundred grand to apartment syndication and make 8% preferred, then use that payment to offset the actual payment of it and use the debt that, on the car. And, and so mm -hmm. what, what does that actually look like at the end of the month and, and cycling through it? So every time I do that, I go, oh, shit, I need to go buy another asset or I need to go buy some more land or I need to go do this. And when that does it, I'm going to buy this cool thing or I'm going to buy that. And then another deal comes and then I put it into that deal. And then so I keep kicking this ball down the road because I want to see that money keep working because in my head, that money that's working is going to pay for that cool thing that I want or whether it's the house or the car or the vacation, it just continues to compound for me. Mm -hmm. And I 100% I, I agree with you. Every time I sit back and I run that scenario through my head, what you just said, I 100% agree with it. I'm like, that's the smart thing to do. Grow that money, let, let the investments pay for it. But then playing devil's advocate, because that's what we're doing here is like, well, sometimes syndications don't pay. Yeah, um, I sometimes mean, I five different funds. One didn't is not paying right now. It hasn't paid since July. Yeah. And so there goes your cash flow. Um, you know, so, so, okay, maybe that since July, let's just take that example since July. So now you're having to make that payment yourself. That money's still accumulating. It's still there. You haven't wasted it on a car uh, or something else. Right. Yeah. Um, so even if you had to come out of your pocket to make that payment, it's not like your investment's completely gone. Right. Yeah. But then also I think of like, well, how high do I want my monthly bills to be? Like, you know, it's like, okay, now I put my, I've financed everything because I put money into cash flowing assets to cover everything. But shit, now I need that cash flow to be 10, $15,000 a month to cover those bills. What if something happens to that stuff? I've got this really high overhead nut. And that's why this conversation drives me crazy is because I don't know what the hell to do, what the right answer is. I I don't think we, I don't think any of us really do. I think that, I think you hit a couple points there that I think is the, the, uh, the true talking point is what is too high of a nut for you to have monthly that you're comfortable with? And do you have that, uh, a safety net to cover that in the event that you can pull from? Is there another pool of money? And that's, you know, as you go through, as everybody listening goes through this journey, and they get, you know, we, we've been very transparent in the fact that, you know, if you're making an extra thousand or 2000 a month doing this and, and you're working at W2, your life is a little bit better. But if you get to where you're making five, $10,000 extra a month, your life has changed drastically because you've added six figures because 10,000 a month is six figures with no problem um, to your, your household. But now you get to the point where you're doing six figures a month or you're doing something like that. Those conversations are different in what you're looking at and how you're trying to make that work. So, you know, the, the, the big thing you said there is, you know, watching your monthly nut to make sure it's not getting way too high that you can't pull from another account or pull from another uh, line of credit, or you have an asset that always guaranteed to do that. But even as such, I think both of us have gotten to points in the last seven years where we have said, Hey, this is a great deal. I got to bet everything. And I know it's going to be tight for two months or three months where we're looking at like, okay, I've got my year stash of money right here, but this deal is way too good to let go. And so this 60 grand right here has got to go to work for me. And that leaves you with, hey, I'm three months running room now and I need the cash flow from this stuff to help ease the pressure and offset us. And so, 
again, that's that macro look of, okay, what does it do? Do we know what we're doing and can you make it work? And then what are our levers in the event that something happens? So monthly nut, making sure it's there, understanding your, your, your influx of cash coming into the business and what that looks like and, and then making sure you have somewhat of a plan in the event that something goes awry. Yeah, all, all good words of wisdom. I actually took, when you talked about a good deal, you don't want to pass up, you know, it's like, almost feels like the life of a, I'll say land investor, but it's probably just an investor in general. You know, you're like, y'all can't see me, my hands are going up and down. Like you're rich at one point, you're flat broke, you're rich, flat broke. You know, I mean, last year, I like to keep one year of money in uh, savings just in case something happens, but deals just kept coming up. I feel like last year I got down to five grand in my savings, just throwing it all out there, just like spraying and praying. Hopefully some of it Kids quick. Uh, sold quick enough so that I, I could refill that back up. But yeah, that stuff's never going away. That's constantly going to happen. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's the, the gambler in, in us for, for land investing or an investor. While we have our, our theories and our, our set rules that we follow. I mean, even in blackjack, you can, you can, move the, the the odds in your favor. And so we do that every day by sticking to our same core principles with buying and selling, whatever that may be. And it gets to a point where you, a scared gambler never gets rich and you, you have to go all in sometimes. And that's the scary part. And so that's where my my contemplation on the cheap cash for the house. Okay, well, if I got just got to cover that 3.3% interest, I can do that all day on something. There's, there's something out there that I can arbitrage that against. And so I hate to give up that that money, that two hundred grand, if that's what it is for me, uh, just to to not to to knock down half of my house payment because, like you said, the property taxes, the insurance are going to be more than what half of what I'm paying right now. Um, I I don't know, man. I I you know one of the big things when I when we talk about people wanting to leave their W twos is is exactly what you said is do you have a year's worth of bills? put back that's not going to affect how you manage your investments. Like, do you have that just setting over? And, you know, I've ran the drill with multiple guys and, and having those, Hey, let's be, let's have an honest conversation with this because, you know, in the event that something happens, yeah, you can go drive Uber or yes, you can go, you know, do something that makes DoorDash or whatever the gig economy is allowing you to do. But there is a stress that happens. And I, I know when you left the W2, there wasn't the the fiance and the two kids involved. It was just Adam. It's a little bit easier to pick up for just Adam. But then when you add in the, the family, and that's what, you know, I said this plenty of times is when 2017, when I went full time, looking at your wife and kids in the eyes and going, fuck, we got to make this work today. You know, we got to make this 5,000 this month. We've got to do this so we can prolong it. And it became a balance of how far can I push, how many $5,000 can I make in, per month or per week or per year to prolong the, I, I always thought it was prolonging the agony of being my own boss versus the freedom of it. Um, and so I, I asked myself, if I had my house payment during that time, would it have made a difference? And, and it, the house payment was what it was. I already knew that. So I knew what that obstacle wasn't a variable. Now, had they came back and revalued the house, my property taxes doubled, probably would have been shitting a brick a little bit, but at the, you know what I mean? But at the time it was like, okay, I know what we have what our cost is. And so I'm, I have a target that's not moving and I just got to compete against that. So I think that there is a piece to that, but then I also knew I had a lever in the equity in our house in the event that something just went way wrong. And so I looked at the multiple ways to protect the family, do six months in, in the bank, put everything else to work, 
house payment, I know what it is, but there is some equity in the event that worst comes to worst, we sell the house and we cash out and we don't lose our ass and we're still in really good shape. Um, so, you know, that was always my philosophy on it. I, and I don't know, again, you hear people say, well, I just wanted to pay it off because I wanted to have that piece done. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to be 41 with a, with a, with a house that's paid off. But on the flip side, I'd also like to be 41 with a few million in assets sitting there too, that are paying me every month that I don't have to worry about the, the my house payments, 2,600 bucks a month because we pay extra and we're on a 15 year note. So I'm like, I, what, what does it really matter? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's probably going to be situational for everybody. I mean, what you just mentioned about, you know, having to sell it, or the, you know, obviously those are worst case scenarios and that's a yeah. scary thing to have to think about, but yeah, I, I don't know. Tough question to answer, but I, I would probably agree that the smartest thing is to take your money and put it somewhere else that pays and even diversify the risk by putting it into multiple things. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's multiple syndications. Maybe it's, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but it sure would be nice to have paid off. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the thing about it. And I, and I, I remember uh, Seth Williams had a post, I think it was a year or two ago, he talked about paying his house off. And he goes, I know you're all going to say I should have just done it, but I wanted just to have my house paid off. And I don't see anything wrong with that logic. Hey, you know what? Damn it. I'm a man. I work for this. This is my house. You're not taking it from me. Until you realize that how rigged the system is, is that, yeah, you're renting it from the state with your property taxes, especially like here in Texas. And that's a yeah. high rental a rental fee. Um, like we were talking about that last week is when we had our house in Louisiana, the property taxes on the house, it was $100,000 more for the, the house was $100,000 more than our house here. But our property taxes were so little compared. It was not even a tenth of what our property taxes were here. But we paid a state income tax off our chip. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these places people, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars for yearly taxes. But it makes it easier, I guess, to swallow because you don't have, even if you paid it, if you paid it off, you're not having to pay that much more. But yeah. here that's different. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool, man. Well, I don't think we solved it any way we maybe thought provoked some ideas for some people so I, I guess that's all we can do here in our our short time with our, our listeners today is just make them think that's all we can do yep so all right well uh, i guess we'll end it there then okay cool uh, two things the housekeeping if you're going to be at the land unconference come find me uh this will drop out friday but if you see me there come give me a high five and a handshake and please do not forget to show adam some birthday love it's gonna be a couple days late but he'd love to relive Remember that he's 41 and he is as old as me now. And he's, he's an old man. So I guess so. Uh, all right. Well, y'all have fun this weekend. And um, as always, just a favor, go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, give us a like, follow, subscribe, then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else listening, like, wherever you subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.